Hello everyone and welcome to the Bootstrap Founder. My name is Avid Kahl and I talk about bootstrapping, entrepreneurship and building in public. This week marks the 200th episode of my podcast and for over three years now, I've been sharing my thoughts with my fellow founders, my creators and makers in my community every single week without fail. Today, I want to share how I stay consistent throughout that, how I have invented systems that keep me accountable, how I come up with ideas that resonate with my readers, viewers and listeners, and what this consistency has allowed me to do, both financially and in terms of lifestyle design. Now, consistency has almost become this buzzword at this point. It's this magical ointment that solves all your problems. It's this behavioral hack that gets you where you want to go. And cynics argue that this is just as reductive as the growth hacks that it's trying to be an alternative to. But I like that people care about consistent effort and authentic work. In fact, let's make it a buzzword. Let's make it a meme that people keep teaching to each other because it's a pretty good thing. Consistency is the central element of my personal journey, and I attribute a lot of my success to it. It's by far not the only contributor, but it's the one thing that allowed me to set up a self-sustaining content creation loop. And before we dive into the consequences of this consistent effort, and there are many consequences here, I want to share how I discovered a way for me to stay accountable and build this process that allowed me to get to 200 podcast episodes and counting. So let's talk about how to be consistent first. It didn't start with a podcast at all. After I sold my SaaS business, Feedback Panda, back in 2019, I was looking for something that would allow me to give back to the indie hacker community that had already given me so much. I had devoured all kinds of books and blog posts and interviews leading up to building my own SaaS business. And now that I had something to share after the exit, I wanted to flip the script, quite literally, and then write about my own experiences so that others could learn from them. I started the Bootstrap Founder blog back in November 2019, a couple months after we sold. I prepared for that by brainstorming this massive list of topics that I wanted to write about, all, all kinds of things. There's no shortage of minute details in a bootstrapped SaaS business journey, from those technical choices that you have to make in the beginning, to setting up scalable customer service at some point later, even focusing on mental health challenges. I quickly had hundreds of potential topics right there in front of me. And I wrote about half a dozen blog posts with topics picked from that list over a week or so, just to have something to show for when I launched the blog. And it wasn't really much of a launch. I had barely like 400 followers at the time on Twitter, but the followers I did have were very kind and gave me feedback on my writing immediately. It also very much helped that I had given an attendee talk at MicroConf Europe in 2019, just a few weeks prior to launching the blog. That was instant credibility. Just being on stage for 10 minutes as a guest attracted so much attention from my fellow founders that it effectively kickstarted my whole writing journey. And after a few weeks of releasing new articles every Friday, I started getting lazy because that's my personality. But don't get me wrong, I saw the numbers tick up and I even had one of my articles on Hacker News for a day, but I had a motivation problem. I tend to have that when I do things over and over again. I started procrastinating. 
Now, I wanted to keep writing for the blog, but I also didn't have a strong enough reason to feel compelled, so I created one for myself. I started my newsletter a few weeks into my writing journey, and I thought, if only one person subscribes to this, I will have to keep writing. And then, to my great surprise, 27 people chose to subscribe to this newsletter after I launched it on Twitter. And since that day, I have not missed a single week. I've always felt accountable to this growing number of readers. And this is how I'm, I guess, outsmarting my own laziness. I carefully selected this manageable external pressure to apply to my own work. The not so critical, but still easily disappointed expectations of my readers. It works every time, 100% of the time, at least for myself. And since I'm talking about my readers, I found that writing, while extremely enjoyable for someone like me who likes to work in solitude, has its limitations. After a few months of weekly newsletters, one of my readers reached out to me and told me that they really, really enjoyed my work. They really liked what they would read, but as a dyslexic, their reading experience was quite painful. They asked if I could provide this machine-read audio version or something, just anything. And other readers had already reached out and told me that they don't have the time to read my 3,000 word articles, but they did have half an hour of commute time every single day. Well, what can I say? I'm a sucker for making things easier for people, that's why I became a founder, and it still holds true for me as a writer. So I started a podcast. But I needed it to fit into my lifestyle. I didn't want to create something completely new. I wanted the podcast to be this alternative consumption method for my existing written work. So I bought a good enough microphone. Back then it was the Blue Yeti, which I have since replaced with the Shure SM7B. And then started narrating my article into Adobe Audition. A few times I would add my own thoughts as they appeared going on tangents here or there, but mostly I just read aloud what I had written. And it turns out that this is an incredible editorial tool for a writer. The moment you read aloud what you wrote before, you'll find that it either sounds good or it doesn't. I often edit my articles to sound more like what I would tell a person in a conversation. And this has made my writing much more casual as well. I choose simpler words and I try to stay away from complex expressions, just what resonates with people when they hear it. And it turns out that a well-written article that also works as a podcast will also work as a video. And since I already had my script and good audio, all I needed for getting my content on YouTube was a camera and a teleprompter. I got a cheap setup just to get started and ever since then I've been presenting my weekly writing in four distinct ways, as a blog post a newsletter, a podcast, and a video. Four formats, one script, one article, one idea. And since this all happens on a weekly basis, I have found a structure that works for me. I write on Monday with Tuesday as a buffer if I 
don't finish on Monday. Wednesdays is for other projects like my podcast with Tyler Tringas that I started a couple weeks ago. And I also release my pre-edited interviews on Wednesday and talk more about that later. On Thursday then, I record the podcast on audio and video. I edit it all and I prepare it for distribution. Friday when it's distributed is also my marketing day when I publish on all my channels and I engage with my readers, viewers and listeners. And having this single source of truth my article that I write on Monday was a very good idea because it allows me to get most of my work done in one swoop because this article enables every other medium once it's written. And I found that jumping from article to article plus podcast was incredibly easy because it just required pressing record and reading what I wrote. Adding this extra distribution channel was pretty simple and very effective. Turning it into a video after that was even easier. I just needed to press another record button, that of my camera. And not only do these four channels give me this extreme amount of accountability, because I have to make sure that my content is solid and works for all of them, but they also allow me to build a wonderful mix of readers, viewers, and listeners. And that way, people can find the perfect way to consume my work and no one gets left behind. And of course, I changed a few things over time. Like this isn't a static process. I added interviews to the mix as well. Off my podcast, both audio and video, I release two episodes a week. One being an interview with a person that I really admire and the other being my regular weekly article where I think about stuff. And that gets us from how I stay consistent to the opportunities that this consistency allows for before we jump there, one particularly interesting thing that this consistency affords me is the ability to talk about whatever I want to talk about whenever I want to do so. So I want to use this opportunity right here to mention that I recently crossed 100,000 followers on Twitter, which is very much an outcome of building an audience there consistently using the content that I create with the method I just explained. And content that I write gets shared there. I share my videos. My podcast is embedded right on Twitter because I use Transistor FM for that and they have this little embed widget so people can listen right there. Twitter is effectively the platform for all my media business stuff. And a couple months ago, I released a Twitter course that explains how I built this audience without losing my authentic voice because, you know, I don't want to be a persona. I just want to be a person. And I just want to recommend that here today. It's called Find Your Following. It lives at findyourfollowing.com and it's a self-paced hands-on course for anybody who's interested in building an audience on Twitter that does not rely on these shady growth hacks or emotional manipulation, that kind of transactional stuff. I don't care for that. I don't teach it. Just building authentic relationships with people that you care about. That's what you get in the course. Many founders and creators have figured out that being a real person online makes people actually want to hang out with you. That works for personal brands and business brands alike. So go to findyourfollowing.com if you're interested in this and start your own Twitter journey and see how I built this six-figure audience, which I still cannot believe that that actually happened, but it did using the strategies that I lay out in the course. So let's get back to my process because we need to talk about what consistency makes possible here. The interviews that I do with people like Daniel Vassallo and Patrick Campbell and Michelle Hansen and many, many more of all these amazing people from our community, well, they didn't just happen. It took this combined credibility from having been a community contributor for years and having established a podcast that people actually listen to. I likely could not have started out with an interview show. That's something that I consider 
as an important fact here. It's some things you have to work towards, but now that I have access to these great subject matter experts, it heavily impacts my writing. Here's this open secret that I talk about a lot about my idea finding process. I am most inspired by conversations with people who know what they're doing. Every week I record and I edit an hour long interview. And during the three hours that I spent on this, an hour each for preparing, recording and editing, I come up with questions and themes and topics that naturally flow back into my big blog post topic idea list. It's a Notion document that I have. And every conversation I have results in one to five new future podcast topics that I just jot down in this Notion document somewhere in the big list. Doesn't matter where it is. I'll you find it later when I need to use it. And beyond getting my ideas from these recorded chats, I also heavily source topics from the ongoing conversations on Twitter. At this point, I follow around 16,000 people, and my activity stream is this never-ending source of exciting exchanges between very passionate people, founders, and creators who are likely readers of my work. It's only logical for me to pick up the things that they're interested in and turn them into something that I can enrich our community with. Now, I can only hang around my heroes and my amazing peers on Twitter all day and learn from them what they talk about because something is paying my bills, right? And fortunately, this four-pronged media empire that I have is doing just that. A year into the newsletter, that's how long it took for me to start monetizing, I reached out to potential sponsors and I've been supported by them every week since. Even the podcast has sponsors most of the time. Not today, sponsoring my own show, because that's what I can do and I want to talk about my stuff. But in aggregate, each Friday, when I release all my content, I make somewhere between $1,000 and $2,000 US from sponsor placements alone. And that pays for all the services used in my production of my content, like ConvertKit, Adobe Creative Suite, and Descript, and Transistor FM, and many, many more, and then some. It was quite hard to get to sponsors and to get sponsors to work with me because particularly as we were moving headfirst into the COVID fueled recession that we're in right now, they are sparse and they don't really want to spend much money. But because of the year long track record of my consistent effort of building a brand, a lot of people said yes and still are saying yes to this day. But sponsorships aren't the only financial opportunities here. One thing that significantly diversified my income streams was something that I never intended to do, write a book. And actually I wrote two books, which I very much did not intend to do when I started this journey, but it happened. And every day, a handful of people purchase one of my books from Amazon or from Gumroad. And not a day has gone by without a sale since June 2020, when I first self-published Zero to Sold. I never expected this to happen and I was caught by surprise, but obviously it's a very pleasant surprise. And another surprise, it was actually Andrew Gazdecki, the founder of MicroAcquire, now Acquire.com, back when I launched a bootstrapping guide on my blog that kicked off all of this. I'd written two dozen blog posts at that point and I thought I could create this little guide that linked to all of them. And when I launched that, people immediately told me they would love to see this as a book. And Andrew did that too. I still have to tweet. And that really encouraged me to, to get going and turn it into a book. And you know me by now, right? If people tell me that they want another kind of medium, I tend to make it happen. So I wrote this book that expanded on the guide. I published it. It became an instant bestseller. And a year later, I published another book that dove deeper into the most requested part of that first book. 
And then people asked for a video-based version, which is why I created Find Your Following, this Twitter course. It leans heavily on The Embedded Entrepreneur, my second book, because part of that is a Twitter course. And together, all these info products still sell on a daily basis, and they augment the revenue of my media business. They're also part of the content generation engine because every topic that I cover in the books and courses is always interesting to look at from another perspective. My blog is a natural extension of my books and when I go to revise them, I already have written what I need. All formats, all mediums effectively interlink. It's a gigantic flywheel. And that is not just about making money either, because people most of the time think about flywheels of like a money generating engine, but it's also about making me better at what I'm doing. With every article, I become a slightly better writer. With every podcast recording, I get better at giving voice to my thoughts. And every YouTube video I create is getting snappier and more engaging, you know, and livelier than the one that I made the, the week before. It's this enormous confidence boost to know that I have done this 200 times already at this point. How hard can it really be to do this for the 201st time? Having such a sizable archive of written content and video and podcast also allows me to point interested parties, and that could be anyone, potential consulting clients or curious novices or future business partners or people who read my work, to go to my prior work, to go to my prior work just when I need it. When someone asks me just about how to go about picking an audience, for example, I don't have to think of a solution. I could just give them a URL to a 4.5K Word article that explains the whole process in great detail. I've written about so many things at this point that I can almost guarantee that there's something in my archive somewhere about any particular topic. And if there's not, well, I can use next week's newsletter to explore that particular question, after which it will be in the archive. It's really useful. The long tail is incredibly important. And of course, all of this sounds amazing and incredibly enjoyable and awesome and makes money and wow, but most of the time it actually is. But there are weeks where I cannot find the focus that I need to get into a topic as much as I would like. And during writing, I occasionally feel this massive wave of imposter syndrome, which takes hours to crawl back out of. Fortunately, I've allocated the first three days of the week to writing, so I have this buffer that allows for my imposter syndrome to come and subside, and I find myself sometimes in a funk on Monday, but there are still many days left after that. And I have not yet had a week where I wasn't done with everything on Thursday night. In fact, I have many weeks where I get done twice as much, so I can chill out the next week. Still, as much as it is a well-oiled machine that runs very effectively, I still need to motivate myself to show up every day. And it's never without friction and self-doubt is always lurking around many, many corners. What helps is being in touch with my community. Seeing other writers, creators, and founders share their challenges makes me feel less alone. After all, they seem to have very similar problems and still get their stuff done. So I guess I can too. I'm looking forward to the next 200 insights and conversations and stories that I will get to tell. I hope I'll see you along the way. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to The Bootstrap Founder. You can find me on Twitter at avidkahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. You'll find my books and my Twitter course, find your following there as well. If you want to support me and the show, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, get the podcast in your podcast player of choice, and leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. Any of this will help the show. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. 
拜拜。